Okay, here we go. The Panda Mega Show. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio dial. The Panda Show. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and last go. <laughs> Biggest story that you covered in the last, let's say, 34 years. I mean, there's so many different moments. People have asked me that question, Dan. It's impossible to pick one. <laughs> Welcome to the Planet Mikey Show. I recognize that, that voice. This is Planet Mikey, episode 240 something. 240, <laughs> whatever the hell it is. Uh, and we're brought to you by Pro Automotive of Webster and Dudley, ProAutomotiveMA.com, and uh, Giacomo's in Melrose, Massachusetts, where some guests of the Planet Mikey podcast dine at their leisure. That's 454 Main Street, Melrose, Giacomo's, and my grandma's coffee cake, the best damn coffee cake in the entire universe. And everybody knows it, except those who haven't tried it. Go to uh, mygrandma.com or call 1-800-8-GRANDMA. Like a good cannibal. Say, isn't there a promo code there? It's a promo code, yeah, but Mikey5. Mm-hmm. If you go Mikey5, you get five bucks off. It's that simple. And it's uh, it's huge, you know, in the long run. If you eat 50 of those cakes a year, that's 250 bucks. <laughs> We are so happy to have my old buddy Glenn Ordway on uh, with us from Arizona. Big O! Excuse B- me, who's big- this? <laughs> uh, I thought we lost who's him for a big, second. Big O! Hello? 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 Hi, Hi, on the air? Yes. How's your hip? Mikey! <laughs> How's your hip, pal? You have a new oh, hip. I've had some health issues here recently, Mikey. I had a back issue. Yeah. What is got hip? Got that fixed. Got a procedure done and got that fixed. So the back is as good as new. Good. Uh, then my hip went, and um, so I had to go and get a uh, total hip replacement. Titanium, got it. Got the whole, got the, the top notch yeah, yeah. stuff. Got got, good. That's the one wood. <laughs> that's it. That's right. It's a um, what a wondrous thing this total hip replacement surgery is. It's unbelievable. I could not walk before I had the surgery, Mike. Yeah. A half an hour after the surgery was over, I wake up and I start walking. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. What that, that, it is. What'd that feel like? Um, it was just getting used to walking and trying to, you know, formulate your gait again or whatever. Yeah. But I literally, I mean, I went to uh, you, I went to Greece in May. I could hardly walk. You I was weren't in on it. a cane, and it was just the worst. And once I got this done. It's a whole new game. I mean, it really feels solid. That's it was unbelievable. Science. Did it hurt though? Like yeah, that? yeah. Did it hurt? What hurt? No, it hurt. Be- it hurt before I had the surgery. Yeah, they and put me out for the surgery. How long did it take? Right, I'm not awake for it. How, how long did the whole process take? When you, you you said, okay, I'm going for surgery. I'm now I'm out. I'm under the the uh, anesthesia. How long? How long was the surgery? Took an hour. Really? They replace. They 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 amputate. One of your bones in there. They take a saw and they amputate it, and then they stick this metal uh, rod into your bone, and then they put a new ball on it, and they knew a cup, yeah, and clean it all out with arthritis. It's loaded with arthritis at my age. <laughs> they clear it all out. They put it in there. They put a screw in there, and they seal you back up. You're wow. as good as new. Wow. You know that's amazing, and I'm, I'm gonna. You know what? I don't even have bad hips. I'm gonna have mine done. God, anyway. go in and get it done. You know, I want to. It's worth it. it. It's, it's worth it just to experiment with some. You got plenty of time. Come yeah. On. Well, then I can go back to being a male stripper with my hippie hippie shake, and all the chicks you're will go. Still wild. doing that? You still doing that? There's a there's a market for old men to. Yes. Really? Yeah. I always tell okay. the girls crowd around the stage. I tell them. All right, now I, get, oh. I always get a laugh out of this. I say, stand yeah. stand back. 
and and they once they of course they go wow that looks like a penis only smaller. I was going to say Grandpa's going to unfurl right here. <laughs> the big O Glenwood we grew up. Now I, I checked your Wikipedia page because I like to do that whenever we have a guest, even though I know you for twenty eight thirty years. I, I like to see if the Wikipedia pages are accurate. So it says you grew up They're in never Lynn. Accurate. You grew up in Lynn. I did. But you didn't grow that much. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I, I got to about five seven, and then for some reason it stopped. I have no idea so why. So get the Wikipedia page yeah. corrected and say he grew out in Lynn. Yeah. You know. That, think, but by the way, though, after the hip replacement, yeah. I think I'm up to five eight. Oh no shit. Oh. Yeah, you, yeah, your legs longer when they do it. Yeah. <laughs> You, you, but you eight. walk like Chester in in in, in, uh, in uh, Gunsmoke. <laughs> but my left leg is still at five seven. It's <laughs> shrinking. Well, Glenn, of course, is a famous radio guy. For those of you who for, for, have been sleeping under a rock, don't know that Glenn Orway is like the quintessential sports radio show talk host, Boston legend. Legend, yes, legend. But before that, he was a Sherpa on Mount Everest, and a damn good one. And that's probably what caused your hip problems. Probably. You know, going up and down that hill, walk, going past yeah. all those dead bodies of people who didn't make it, that's right. got to be depressing. Right. You can only do it for so long, Mike. <laughs> now, the thing about Big O is he's always got concise, uh, well well thought out, or if they're not well thought out, he at least presents them in a, in a good fashion, uh, opinions on all kinds of different things. And that's why we always – see, when I was – I was on the big show a, a bunch of times, but I always listened to the big show because I actually was interested in what the crew was going to say on a given day about what was the news of the day. Hold on, not only that, you know me in sports. I'm not the biggest sports fan in the world. I can't, I don't know crap about sports, but what I found out about the big O show was, uh, the afternoon show was, it was easy to listen to. You, yeah. it, you didn't have to be a sports guy. No, yeah. and, and you kind of, if you if you missed it, you missed it. I mean, you know, you really missed hearing it. And I got to say this, big O, and you probably know this, you've listened to radio here since you left. Uh, there's nothing to this day that comes close to the cohesive attitude of that show and the the addictive uh, factor on, on that show. I mean, say what you will about the ratings at 98.5, I, I don't have to listen to that show, but I had to listen to the big show. I, I think, though, Mike, if you look at the state of radio today, you're under FCC control, and you say one wrong thing, and they're coming at you to cancel you. So it's a lot different. I think some of the stuff, and I've listened to some of our old stuff, some of our old bits that were done, you know. Uh, Jim Cutler originally was the, the first guy doing all of our old bits. Yep. There are a lot of those old bits we couldn't play today. Right. Couldn't play them on the radio it's, today. Well, it's like All in the Family on TV. that You couldn't yes. show that today. Everything's do it. gone woke. I hate that. I, you know, with all due respect to the 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 altruism of okay let's support everybody and let's be generically you know accepting and welcoming and inclusive and all that stuff it, to me it's it sucks it's boring it's woke sucks big o do you agree with that yeah i do i, I think it's gone far off the edge right now we really have and i agree with you i think we should accept everybody out there sure including my including my i think you should accept my oh no really that's do. okay well oh, oh everybody except rhesus monkeys who throw their shit at people uh, <laughs> that's I, the only i can't go that far i, knew with I it. shouldn't have brought that up but 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 yeah i'm you want to be open to everybody everybody's different out there and as long as they're not bothering you do whatever you want in life. I don't give a shit. No. The problem now is that everybody is concerned about your life. And I, I think it's very difficult 
for guys to go on the radio these days and you're hearing about somebody getting canceled or at least suspended every two or three weeks right. now. For seemingly nothing, too, you know, for innocent stuff. That, you know, you make a joke, and you're kidding around, and they all oh, know, here they come. Here they come with their with their pitchforks after you, for Christ's sake. God, it, it drives me nuts, and I think that— I don't know how comedians can do it unless you're uh, Chappelle, in which you can just say, screw you, I'm just going to do it. You want to cancel me? Yeah. Go ahead and cancel me. I mean, he doesn't give a rat's ass. No, right. But I, I very few guys can do that, and I don't think you can do it on the radio. So I think what's happened is— it's become homogenized. You know, it's it's doesn't have a lot of the flair that was there years ago. Yeah, or and I'm not blaming the people that are on the air right now, Mike. I'm blaming the conditions that exist in society that don't allow you to go out there and do that. That's right. And the society is what counts because everybody's concerned about being boycotted, you know, with their store, their product. By the way, if I'm a store right now, I'm not worrying about being boycotted because if somebody said something, one of my things I sponsor, they said something that was objectionable. I'm, what I'm worried about now is they're closing the stores because people are stealing all the shit. Yeah. And getting, getting away crazy. with it. Yeah. It's unbelievable I mean, how how brazen people are. They walk in, they got a shopping cart, they fill it with shit, they walk out, and then they act like, what do you want from me? You know, I can't believe some of the things that we see now that I never thought I would see in my lifetime, ever. It's, it's insane. Hey, how's the immigrant situation in, uh, in Arizona? Well, they've always had so a million it, You Mexicans. know, it's funny. I went, I went down to the border. Uh, I want to say, when did I get out into the border? Last fall? I believe last fall. I went down to Yuma. And um, at the time, uh, Republican governor, now we have a Democratic uh, governor now, yeah. Republican Governor Ducey, and he had put these boxcars to fill in all of the gaps of the wall. Or use them as a, like a blockade. Yeah, but yeah. It, what's incredible when you go down and see it, at least in Arizona, I know Texas is different. In Arizona, it's just all wide open desert. And Yuma can get the... Temperatures can get up to 120, 125 degrees. Oh, yeah. I don't know how these people do it. I just don't know how they they get through all of that. Well, it's the diet. They're used to the heat. You know, they, they eat, you know, well, that's how, you know, there are a lot of Mexican people in Arizona. I lived there for a little while. And there's and there, Mexican food is great down there. Great. Mexican people. Oh, it's everywhere. phenomenal. But yep. you know how the Mexican population knows when they're hungry? Their assholes stop burning. <laughs> That's a true story. I was I, 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 really. I'm serious. Um, I want to, you know. Ask Where did you me, get that one from? The Google machine. Where did you find that one? Um, I was watching uh, the. Are you a big Lone Ranger fan, Big O? No. Oh no. Okay, that's too bad because you're not going to. Does that hurt your feelings? Oh, you're not going to like this segment then. Because, okay, go ahead. Well, uh, I was looking up Jay Silverheels because I wonder yes, what happened. Tonto. Yeah, Tonto. What happened to Tonto? By the way, okay, let's see how Big O does on this. He mm -hmm. says he's not a fan, but. What was the name of the horse that, that uh, Tonto rode? Silver something. No, that silver was, was the Lone Ranger's horse. Hi oh, that was the Lone Ranger. I'm sorry. Hi-ho um, silver. What was it? Hi-ho silver was, no. Tonto's horse was named Scout. Scout was the, the horse? Okay. Yeah. It was, it was a, and the Jason, do, you still, do you still watch this show like on TV land or whatever? I do. I watch the, uh, the late night stuff. <laughs> Uh, Jay Silverheels is dead. He died in 1980, but not, bef that. not before he went into 
the Western Television Series Hall of Fame, the uh, Canadian uh, uh, Indigenous Peoples Hall of Fame, mm. and yep. the Lacrosse Hall of Fame. You know he was a lacrosse wow. player? I did not know. Yeah. Lots of, I didn't know that. The Lone Ranger. Now, I also watched, this is, this is a freak, this will freak you out. I was watching Perry Mason. Uh, the other night. Did you know that uh, uh, Raymond Burr was gay? Did you know that, Smitty? Did not know that. He was gay. How did you find out? Well, it's uh, the I don't think he ever came out, though, did he? I don't I remember. I, I think in the it. end they, he had to for some reason. But uh, but that's not the most important thing. I'm watching an episode, and uh, I'm watching it. David McCallum was uh, played. A, he just died. I, he, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. I'm watching, and the other night, this is before... And he's, I said, David McCallum, Ilya Koryakin, the man from Uncle. Wow. I said, I wonder if he's still alive. And I didn't look it up. I didn't go Google it. But it's the amazing. next you day. You see dead people. The next day, I <laughs> yep. go on Twitter and he's, he's dead. Yeah, you have yep. these synchronicity events. So. I do. A lot, yeah. I am so connected hey, hey, to hey, the Mikey, supernatural. I, I hate to tell you, if you're watching all of those old shows like the Andy I'm dead too. show and all those <laughs> uh, other shows, most of those people are now dead. I thought you were going to say, I'm dead too. <laughs> most of them. Not all, but most of them. Yeah, it's true. And, they, you know, all those guys, the Carl Betzes of the world, you know, uh, you know, the, 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 Hugh Beaumont, they're all dead. Dead. It's scary. And it frightens me. Now, Big O, you, politically, I think, I, I see you as a centrist, maybe center left, center right. Yeah, as, I think that's fair. Center, center right. There, yeah. there are certain um, issues, I would say, that I probably lean slightly to the left. Uh, but I'm a fiscal conservative well, in that with, respect. With so. the new hip. And, I'm not, I'm, and I'm, not, I'm not a MAGA all the way to the right. Uh, but I certainly am more to the right than I am to the left. And I hate to say it. Is that because of the hip? What's go No. But with what's going on right now uh, in this country, they're pushing me further and further to the right. Yeah, well, that's, really I think are. everybody. They're pushing the left further to the right, too, because people are seeing what, uh, this mass mayhem uh, of people invading their cities. And it's and I say invasion. Again, nothing against anybody from any country who wants to live here. We all understand they'd rather live here than, say, Ecuador or Venezuela. We get that. Mm. But you can't just let everybody in all the time. Housing is getting crushed, big O. Uh, and... and uh, it, the all the services you know of of each town the school systems and all that stuff it's just crazy so you're not you don't believe uh, Joe Biden when he says the border is closed <laughs> you're not buying that no. not buying that no hey, what do we have eleven thousand come in the other day eleven right. thousand in one day we're, that oh, was yeah, I mean, two days ago ridiculous. Yeah. hold on he doesn't say ridiculous. he doesn't say the border is closed he says it's secure. Yeah, secure. Well, Mallorca says it's closed. Yeah, he says it's closed. You know, with all due respect to both of them, I think they're both lying sacks of shit. Yeah. Listen, it's a it's a dangerous situation, and it's very interesting to see those cities and states that declared themselves sanctuary cities and states. And I get it. You right. want to be compassionate sure. for people that are living in a very difficult situation. Yeah, and you want so votes. you sit there and say, okay, open arms, come on, let's come in, we'll take you all in. Yeah. The problem is. Once it shows up in your neighborhood, like it's showing up in New York now yeah. and in Chicago and in Philadelphia, and I notice it's happening in Boston as oh, well. The sure the sanctuary is. cities. Big yes. time. Suddenly, suddenly they don't want him. You see Eric Adams in New York. He can't handle it anymore. No. It's freaking but him why out. Is it, why is it that we couldn't figure this out before they all came fleeing through the border? It's why not couldn't like we the, look at the numbers yeah. and say, okay, New York can sustain this many. Philly can sustain this many. Uh, Texas can su sustain this money. Nobody did any of that planning. And so what you ended up doing is 
opening up the borders. Right. They flood right in, and I don't blame them, Mikey. They want a better life. Sure. They read all about what's what the USA is all about, and they want to come here. And most of them are not asylum cases, but many of them want an opportunity to get a job and, and, and make good money. And we the get that, but is, you got to take the criminals and the drug addicts and the, exactly. and the human well, traffickers. Nobody's oh, being vetted. That's what scares so me. The, yeah, so they're bringing them all in, and now New York can't handle None of these cities can handle them. Well, you know, when you say, okay, 8 million people in two years, and guess what? We know this. They arrive homeless. Okay, they're not, they're not coming here with a place to live. They're coming here homeless, yeah. and they're going to put pressure on the Scary. The, the lower income uh, uh, places to live, and that pushes everybody up, and and it also raises the rates on. They're going to be asking homeowners soon it's demand and to, supply to, and demand to take people in. If you've got space in your house, take take somebody in, please. Okay, now, yeah, I don't th- I don't think a lot of people are going to sign up for that one. Oh no, not at all. Now, big old head. I don't. I've heard people talk about that, but again, they're not vetted. How can you do that? Yeah. I mean. People wouldn't take somebody in off the street right now. Why are they going to do it from people who are were so desperate you know, in their lives? They created they a, took that trek, that dangerous trek to the jungle, um, yeah, to come into this to this country. They created a humanitarian crisis, and yeah. it's, it's amazing that they did it. Common sense would tell you that ultimately we were going to wind up right where we are well, now. Yeah. But oh, it's so well, easy no to planning. know because yeah. they're coming here no, anyway. There was no planning. No, there they, was nobody sitting there saying, okay, we've got this many rooms in New York, so we'll let this many people yeah. in, and then they can go and, and live there. Nobody did any of that. No, I think they And all let they them... did was say, we're a sanctuary city. We'll invite you in. Mm-hmm. But nobody looked at the math. Right. And every time somebody from the right would say, this is wrong, this is wrong. They say, oh, you racist. They, you're they, a racist. Oh, you're racist. Uh, and come then, on, yeah. shut the yeah. fuck up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, Big O made at one point, and he, Big, Big O, of course, was the driving economic force behind the success of WEI when it was the most <laughs> successful radio station it's in the true. country. They still have some of that cash. Big O made a million dollars a year. But how, Big O, what do you think of the $6 billion uh, prisoner swap that uh, that our government has done with Iran? Uh, we gave them a few guys, they gave us a few guys, and then we gave them $6 billion. Were, I like the, no, I like the excuse even better. They said <laughs> it was Iranian money. Oh, so yeah, they were yeah. just freeing up money that they had to, froze. To build nukes. That's, that's what it was. Yeah. Giving them the money back, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, and I think it was a five-for-five five swap of humans, right? Five for five. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Unless you, yeah. unless you consider terrorists from Iran human, inhuman. <laughs> yeah, that way it See, might be a different way. You can, never, you can never win in one of those um, human swaps, because when you think about it, you end up doing that, and then all you're doing is opening up the door for somebody else to hold somebody, kidnap somebody, so they can, you know, get an advantage out of it in a swap with you. So you never win with that stuff. And yet, you know, you want Americans to get out of prison in Iran and get back to the United States. How do you win with those things? Yeah, especially that kind of money. I mean, but you're right. It was an even swap. Why don't they just hold it right there and never mind the money? Because I think they were saying that that was Iranian money that was was frozen because Iran was not going to do the deal unless they get freed up their $6 billion. You know, I got another uh, political issue for you, a real quick one here, because I, I am so convinced that the the answer to the crime in the cities is very simple. It's metal detectors on every on every street that detect a certain amount of metal over, say, a pound and a half. So when everybody walks through, if that thing goes off, boop, 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 you pull, you, you, then you pull the guy over, and then you do stop and frisk. You don't do it unless 
unless the uh, the metal detector goes off. You could take, I swear to God, 50,000 guns off the streets with just using metal detectors. I mean, that's why they won't let me into the Celtic, the TD Garden sometimes, because I got all kinds of shit in my pockets. <laughs> yeah, see, that, that I'm worried about that with my titanium hip, and I'm traveling here in two weeks. Oh, yeah. I think I'm, I I'm going to set off the <laughs> metal detector. Well, they, they, they'd titanium. immediately, they would wand you, though, and they'd say, oh, it's your hip, and you don't have a gun. Okay, go ahead, and so you'd what, be like, what do fine you, with what it. Do you do, what do you do, though, if, you, if that happens? Do I... Drop trial and say, "Here's here. You want to see the uh, incision right here?" Yeah. Well, you, you tell doing? you say it used to happen to Don Zimmer's head back at the airport too. I remember that. Uh, those are the good old days. How can I days. prove it? How can I prove it? Well, well you know. Well, they're not going to think you have a gun embedded in your hip. So once they wand you, they're going to know. I mean, in other words, they're they're looking for guns. If you don't have one, that's they let you go. Yeah, it'll show I, up I in the X-ray. Know. I think. I've heard I've heard some people that come across the border and they. Hide stuff in their butt. I mean, that's happened, right? <laughs> it's, I think you've done that a couple times, well, I Mike. Think didn't didn't for different uh, reasons. Didn't Puffy yeah. Puffy Combs do that? Uh, didn't he hide his gun in uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, who's the singer that he was dating there? Uh, uh, J Lo. Did he hide his gun in her in her in her butt? Really? Don't you remember that story? <laughs> no, I don't, but it's a good story. Yeah, I never heard that story, Mike. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Uh, all right, let's talk some sports with Big O uh, for a second here. All right. Uh, Glenn Ordway, and the uh, let's start with the Patriots because they're the most fresh on our minds. I, I read your tweets all the time. They're, as always, concise, to the point, sometimes biting, but accurate. Uh, what's going on with the New England Patriots right now? They, they beat the Jets 15 to whatever. Are they screwed? Is Mac Jones not the answer? Because that's kind of how I feel. I, I'm not sure that you can determine at this stage that he's not good enough. On the other hand, you can't sit there and say he's the answer for you. He does some stuff I like, Mike. I think he really um, has a great knack for reading defenses. Yeah. Um, he seems to be very quick. He, he has a much quicker release now. Than he's had in the past. I like that. <laughs> that comes um, with age. <laughs> yeah. But I, it's not a great roster. No. He doesn't have great wide receivers. No. You know, the running backs have not been great, though. I thought they were better this week. Stevenson hasn't been good so far this season. I thought Elliott gave, showed them something this past weekend. But we'll see what he's like uh, once we play a lot of games here. I just don't think it's a great roster. Right. And you're right. I'm not sure that that that. Mac is the guy, and the guy and they're we're going to learn. I think you're going to learn that through the course of the season, because if you don't, after 17 games, if you can't make a determination that he's your guy or he's not your guy, then there's something wrong. Yeah. What kills me is there's a constant, you know, barrage of criticism, uh, and I hear it on some radio stations. Or one of one of you know one of the replace your time slot, where it's like, okay, it's Belichick. In fact, I was the morning show I was listening to the other day that. Uh, that moron dolt Chris Curtis was saying, well, the Belichick, Belichick, they got to fire him before Belichick. Blah, 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 blah. I'm thinking, okay, you take the, the greatest coach in the history of the game, statistically, and you fire him after he's gotten you six rings, and how popular a move is that going to be? Uh, I mean, is it, is it time for Bill Belichick to hang it up? I don't think so. Yeah, it, listen, anybody that tells you he's not a great coach or he's not one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest in the history of the National Football League. Uh, it just has a uh, hair across their ass for Bill. They don't like him because of the way he deals with the media, he's gruff. answers questions. And yeah. I, I, I admit it. He can be a, a royal pain in the ass when you're trying to interview him. Sure. I've done it many, many times. But he, he doesn't have a quarterback right now. And I love it when people say, well, we found out 
that uh, when uh, Brady left, that it really wasn't Belichick. It was just Brady. No, it was both of them. Yeah, of course. Brady Brady has said that. Brady has said he has he would never win six. Maybe Brady would have won two. Maybe Bill would have won two. But you have to have a quarterback. And I hate to say it, but the quarterback is more important than a coach. He really is more important than a coach. And so you don't have that right now. And so I I don't know what's going to happen at the end of the season, Mikey. If they go seven and ten, let's say. It wouldn't surprise me if the Crafts want to move on. Yeah. Would not surprise me at all. I, I know that that Bill loves coaching. He loves being on that field. And I don't think he has thought of anything else that he wants to do in life. I'm not sure Bill walks away from the game. Even at his age, yeah. it would not surprise me at all because the phone's going to be ringing the day after. If Bob Kraft That's says, right. this is it, you're, you're done. Yeah, he's 71 after, now. He's 71. The, so you, know, you say, well, when, how old was Marv Albert when he finally uh, bit the dust? I mean, he was in seven, late 70s, wasn't he? Well, he was an announcer. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> what did I say? Mar- Marv. Uh, Marv Albert said Marv Albert. Yeah, no, but they sh- meant Mar- Marv. Uh, Harv, uh, Marv Levy. Marv Levy, yeah, yeah. Well, Bill, Bill <laughs> once said, uh, he joked about the fact that he wouldn't do it as long as Marv Levy, and I think he's about four years beyond that now. Uh-huh. But he, he changed that up a few years ago yeah. in an interview that we did with him, yeah. and he changed his mind, and he said he never thought at age 70 that he would feel like this, and he, and he feels great. I don't think he's... I don't think he's going to walk away yeah. right now. I think he still loves the game. Yeah. And I don't know if he's going to like sitting up in an office and not being down there in the field. Nah. That's not what he enjoys. He doesn't enjoy that aspect of it as much as he does teaching and being down there uh, on the field. I, but I will say this, and I don't like their chances in Dallas this week, uh, even though Dallas has lost digs, so their defense is a little bit beaten up, and we saw what happened against Arizona. And I, can I lost my Arizona's ass on that, by the team. way. I lost my um, ass on Dallas last weekend. My ass. Did you? Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. you got to be careful in the NFL when you see a team beat up another team one week, and the next week you get so excited and you say, oh, boy, I'm going to throw it all sure. on that team. Look at what they did last week, you know? They didn't even come uh, close to covering. They didn't come. Oh. They could, the spread was 13, for God's sake, and they lost by 12 or whatever. Yeah. I mean, look at Miami last week. I'll guarantee you they won't win by 50 this week. No. Okay, guaranteed. So I, I think you, you've got to be really, really careful about that. But if they go 7 and, and 10, Mike, I, I think there's going to be more than a strong conversation about Bill and where he's going. And I think if they lose this week in Dallas, I, I wasn't thrilled at the way they played in the Jets game. There were some good things there. Um, you know, the kid, Christian Gonzalez, looks like a great corner. He's had two great wide receivers he's had to defend in the last two weeks and he has been great but the team itself i I wasn't thrilled with the jets game so i think if they lose against dallas and let's say they lose handedly by a couple of touchdowns you don't think the talk on monday is going to be you got to fire bill belichick if you think curtis is loud about it now wait till then they run the table you know yeah i don't like chris curtis anyway so anything he says to me (laughs) is just horseshit um now let's let's just go to the Red Sox for a second here. The Red Sox are such a different organization as uh, as uh, you say in hockey. 
uh, than they used to be when we were the the glory years of, of what they were doing, you know, from 2004, 2004. through 20, 2019. 2007. But then they had to do the bar. They, now they're doing Barbie night where they're having, you know, uh, Lenny DiNardo dress up as Ken and walk around and shaking hands. <laughs> they, they got Their roster's 100, 181 million. Chris Sale is a, is a $27 million a year complete bust. Heim Bloom is gone. They're in a world of hurt and they're 500 team. They're, they're below 500. Yeah, yes, that's right. They're below 500. Um, I, I think they have a lot of problems. I don't think this is an easy fix. This is not like the NBA where you can go and get one player and suddenly it turns it all around. Right. I mean, they could go out and get Lotani, and he probably will have great numbers for them next year. And they still may only win 78, 79 games. Yeah. There's so much they have to do, Mikey, that uh, starting rotation. What do you do there? Awful. Even, this- even a sale is your fourth or fifth starter, you have problems. I mean, Bale looks like he's a keeper, right? But you don't have any depth there, and you don't have it in your minor league system right now, at least for the next couple of years. Their best prospects are really in the lower lower levels. I think they're in a lot of trouble, and I think that the audience is turning on them and turning on the ownership. Yep. And because of that, I think – they're going to have difficulty marketing and selling tickets next year. I agree. I, you know, you can't be the Red Sox and be the ownership of the Red Sox and have a fan base that doesn't give a shit because yeah. your product is that boring and it's a 500. It, it doesn't work. Mikey, when have you ever seen Fenway Park and 50% of the crowd is cheering for the visiting team? When have you ever seen that? 1965. <laughs> yes, I was going to say 1965. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, we were there. People were showing up just to see Dick Raddatz pitch. That That's was it. about it for the Red Sox. That's it. They came right. to see the monster, you know, and uh, that was the only – that he and Yaz, or, or maybe a little Tony C thrown in there, they had nothing else going on back then. But the Dodgers fans traveled and Baltimore, Oriole fans have traveled. And, and, and look at the division that they're in right now. Baltimore is legit. And Baltimore has got a long run here because they're mostly made up of their own homegrown product. That's right. right. So they're going to be around for a while. Tampa Bay is the best organization in baseball. They find players. They lose a guy, they find another one. Less than a $100 million salary for Tampa Bay, and they were in first place by how many games early in the season? It's unbelievable. They were up by eight or nine, weren't they? Ten, something like that. It's cheapo, too. And then you've got Toronto, who's willing to spend money, and the Yankees, who are going to have to spend money in this offseason because the Yankee fans won't put up with that crap. Okay, now we got to do so, the Celtics because it's bad we, for the Red Sox. Uh, because Big O was, of course, you know the voice of the Celtics, and he, and he knows the Celtics uh, franchise from top to bottom. Uh, uh, the, just give me your your opinion of the Jalen Brown deal and the <laughs> and the money that he's getting, and is he the guy? I mean, you know, we saw how close they've been the last couple of seasons, but disappointment last year. Is Jalen Brown was that the right move? Yes, it was the only move you could make, and I'm not saying that he's worth all of that money. And I don't think any of those guys are worth all of the money that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But the market is what the market is. And so the problem is if you move on from him, you're not going to get all of that money back under the cap to be able to go and grab other players. Mm-hmm. You could do a sign and trade somewhere else, but you're not necessarily going to get back what you give up. I think he's a really good player. Okay. Um, he dribbles off his feet all the time. Uh, he, yeah, he, he's a little awkward in, in handling the ball. Yeah. I think that's something that he could work on and He and can work on passing, passing to the open guy. That's kind of basic. <laughs> but we always do this. We always, um, we always judge players based on how much money they're making. Yeah, that's and true. And I get it. I understand why. And 
But the problem is you either gave him the Supermax deal, which he earned because he was on that all-NBA team. Mm -hmm. You either give it to him or you lose him. And they could not afford to lose him. So I think they made the right move. They brought him in. Then they had to make another move. And they brought in uh, Porzingis, who I think will be good if healthy. If healthy. I say that because he really has never been healthy in his career. Probably was healthy this past year more than any other season. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to well, continue on to this year. He could be effective facing the hoop or with his back to the hoop. So that's a value that they didn't have with a lot of other guys. You know, I think they had two, I think they had two problems in the playoffs this past year because I thought they were going to win the whole thing this past year. I yeah. really did. I think they're that good. Is I think you had a young coach, and I don't think he was prepared for what was going to happen in the postseason. In the postseason, everything changes. It's not like the regular season where you're playing one uh, team on Tuesday night, you're flying home to play another one on Wednesday, right. and then Friday you're playing somebody else, okay? You play your game. In the playoffs, that's now, now how it works. Now it suddenly becomes a, a chess match. How can we exploit the weakness on the other team? We have seven games to do it, guys. We watch game one. Right. How many times have you seen one team blow out the other team in game one of a seven-game series and then game two be totally different? Right. Because you figured out what they were doing, and it's all Quickly. a matter yeah. of, of exploiting the weakness of another team. It's all mismatches. That's what it is. You know, I, I thought that but, – but this guy didn't know how to do it. He did not know how to do it. Right. He was, yeah, and he was, uh, you know, underqualified. I think, you know, in the long run, to, to make a, he made a lot of bad decisions late in regular season games as well. They kind of they lost a lot of games late. Uh, money to me, you know, and uh, Big O, I know you made a million dollars a year, but think about this: David Price, when he was under his Red Sox contract, made a million dollars per start. Now, that's a lot of money. You go out there and you. <laughs> You go seven innings for a million bucks. Inflation these days, <laughs> but I mean seven innings. Okay, a million dollars a game, seven innings. So he's getting one hundred thirty thousand dollars per inning. Okay, and you say, well, how many pitches? Twelve. He's getting ten thousand dollars per pitch. I can't relate to any of these players that are making thirty million. They're always a waste of time. They always get hurt, and you know, oh yeah, they make the big splash. But guess what? It also cripples you. Uh, on your on your payroll department, and I don't. I think it's unrelatable as a fan to think of a guy making thirty million dollars a year for for playing baseball. I don't know. I, it's ruining it for me. But I, so I think in baseball, I think you can do it with a um, a lower of salary uh, in a total budget of your of your players in baseball. I think you can get away with it and do it. You talked about Tampa Bay. Yeah, they've done it. We've seen other teams do it. I'm not sure you can necessarily win the whole thing continuously. I still think you need the great pitching to be able to do that. And unfortunately, great pitching is going to cost you $30 million plus. And won't stay healthy. And, and they don't stay right. healthy, these guys. Can't do it in the NBA, though. Right. You've got to spend money. Yeah. You've got to have a Jason Tatum at $32 million. You know? wow. You've got to have some of those guys. Jeez, you it, know. It, it's just a fact of life. You just have to have them. And I to think that I only make like forty forty five bucks an hour doing my ma- male modeling, you know. I mean, still these doing guys, that male modeling. Yeah. Uh, well, the, I got wow. a gig. I got a nice gig in the in the final J C Penny catalog. I'm I'm in the back with the guys at the briefs, and my pouch is full. I stuff some put. I put some stuff in there. Uh, to I make heard it's still dragging though. That's what I've heard. <laughs> now let's stag. let's yeah. talk to Big O about the radio business, okay? Because we're all for, we're ahead. all radio freaks. Smitty's a radio legend. Big O's a legend. I'm working on it. 
Bill uh, Smith was a great program director. I know. Oh, isn't that nice? Great program. I say this, too, uh, about Not Smitty. Not good. I call him great. Oh, what a nice man. Smitty is, <laughs> and I've worked at, at, what, 30 radio stations? No, only 20. Uh, and I've worked with all kinds of production people. There's nobody better all around production and, and professionalism oh. and having the product come out as good than Bill Smith, Smitty Man. Oh, now I don't know what to say. Well, you don't have to say anything. I just said it. It's funny, Bill. Before he got on the air with me, he called you an asshole. I know. Hard to work with. I hear it every day. He's an intemperate prick. Bastard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But some of the things that have happened in the world of radio up here. I've been gone seven years. How long have you been gone out of EEI? Four four years? Three? Uh, Two years. Two years. Is that it? Really? Two. Seems like it's been forever. Uh, The afternoon show at at EEI, and Bill Smith won't have to join this conversation because he works with these people. And I and I like the people involved. I, I it's it's called uh, Jones and Mego with Arcand. My right. my thought was, if I'm the program director of that station, I call it Jones Arcand Mego Jam, the afternoon jam, J A M Jones Arcand Mego. And then you let Arcand take a bigger role in this thing. With all due respect to Mego, and I think she's cute and she adds something to the show. Uh, why isn't Arcand talking more? And why is why know, does Jones talk so much? He sounds like he's on Adderall. Yeah, I have no idea. I lost all interest in being concerned about it two years ago. <laughs> but you're a I former program I director. Every once in a, I listen every once in a while yeah. to both stations back there because I'm just I'm, I'm I'm interested in the the sports teams that are back there, and I watch everything. I've got every one of these sports packages, so I see and watch everything. Yeah. Even though I vowed to, to my wife and everybody else that. Once I retired, I would stop watching all of these games. I just can't. I'm just uh, into it. You're still addicted. But I think that, but that station's biggest problem is its branding. It's the mistakes that they've made over the years. So, in all fairness to the afternoon drive, and I don't think it's a great show, I agree with you. And they tried to copy too much by bringing in Jones to what Felger is. Yeah, exactly. Jones is like Felger Jr. That's exactly right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Felger, obviously, is extremely successful. You don't need two of them, though, do you? Yeah, but I would have I would have tried to counter program it in in some way, but that's beside the point. I, I think that with everything that happened between you know the Kirk Minahan situation uh, and the activist that was trying to take the station down, and then Callahan's gone, and then what's in there, and they're changing all the body. The audience finally, every time you do that, the audience is sitting there saying enough, yeah. enough, and they did it so many times that they whittled away the entire audience right to the point where they're getting spanked badly uh in the ratings it's and, which is a, sh- a shame they watered it all down you're right you know i mean dino uh, and callahan you know whether you whether you liked them or not whether you agreed with them politically they were interesting every single day i think minahan came along and was kind of a a poison pill you know dale left you left so so basically they kind of gutted the whole presentation which was a, a known winner and uh and that almost like was like folding your tent yeah, I, again, I think it's a branding issue more than than anything else. The whole company now, Odyssey, has got major financial problems, so they probably don't have an awful lot to come in there, invest, and try to you know fix it by bringing in big talent. And then again, who are you going to bring in? Who's going to come in there that's going to shake this thing up? Right, yeah, you know, obviously the, the sports hub is dominating in the market right now. And I'm, I'm not sure that EEI is going to change any of that. They, they don't have nearly the power in that FM signal at 93.7. Uh, 
that the sports hub has. Um, the signals are not comparable. And then, of course, EEI made the mistake of staying on AM for the first two years of right. the sports hub. That was the killer. Which might have been the dumbest move I think I've ever seen. Ever. In radio, ever. It was absolutely it, it's idiocy. It's almost as dumb as Biden opening up the border, you know, in the southern part of the United States and letting everybody come in. It's that stupid. But yeah, I'll they, made too many, they made too many mistakes, Mike, and you, you can't do it when you had recognizable talent uh, competing on the other station. Yeah. Um, you know, I was competing against Toucher and Rich. They were doing afternoons. Yep. Uh, originally on, uh, on, was it BCN? I think it was BCN they were on. And then, um, now you, you, you bring over Felger, you bring over Maserati. They're all known talent because they were on the big show at WEEI. That's right. How many careers did you start? About 40 of them. Uh, you know, you started so many. You all the guys that are successful now in the in the sports media in Boston are guys that were that came through the 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 gates of the big show. Is that not correct? Yeah, we had a lot. We had we had a lot of people come through those gates. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, right. I, we counted at one time. I think at like 126. Wow. Holy. You know, but I'll tell you what. If I was going to start a sports radio station uh, in say Des Moines, Iowa, and oh. I wanted to hire a night guy who looked like a monkey and who was a drunk driver, I'd go right to yep. Mutt. I'd go right to him because he's qualified. <laughs> you haven't you haven't oh, sorry, made Mutt. up with Mutt after all these years. <laughs> oh, fuck him. Oh. <laughs> he's a backstabbing monkey weasel. But other than that, I like wow, him a lot. Boy, you know, I tell you what, you keep receipts, man. You just, <laughs> you just don't let go. Well, he fucked me over. Wow. Uh, you know, that's all. He's the least talented person I ever worked with or around uh, in my in my forty eight years of radio. Oh no, now, I can think of a few. But, but uh, Big O, you're 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 in the top five for most talented. Yeah. There's no question about it. And we uh, we're, we're glad to check in with you. I'm glad your hip is good. How's Mia? The, hold on, the top five? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> top five. Well, okay. yeah. Smitty. The fabulous, fabulous sports babe. Who else? <laughs> Smitty, <laughs> Ben Kitchen, me. No, I'm just kidding. The fabulous. Oh, by the way, I got to ask you this. Who in the from the female gender, and or at least the, who claims they're female, would is the best sports radio broadcaster that you've ever heard? I know you're not going to say it's the uh, the sports babe. Um, Michelle Tafoya. She's great. She's even good on Fox. Yeah. You know, at night she, she goes... Yeah, she, and she started in radio. She did, she huh? Was doing, she was doing talk radio in Minneapolis. Oh, she's yep. terrific. She, she, that was Excellent. a very good a very good choice. Uh, Glenn Ordway, living in Arizona. The Big O. We have a tribute song from Joe and Jerry for you. And we're going to send you a My Grandma's Coffee Cake. What flavor do you want? Uh, now, you want me to give you a few choices? Go ahead. Blueberry, a coconut pineapple, a cinnamon walnut, a chocolate. They have uh, uh, Grandma, Granny Smith apple. Uh, God, they got a lot of good flavors. Um, what what sounds good? Uh, surprise me. All right. Just surprise All right, I'll surprise you. Uh, thanks and for joining. By jo the way, this is the only podcast where you can hear Jerry Trupiano anymore, right? That's is exactly it? right, and he's going to do a number in, in your honor, Big O. Good to talk to you, pal. Good talking to you, pal. It's Glenn Ordway, everybody, and here's Joe and Jerry. And now, the world is queer. And so I face the final curtain. My friend... 
I'll drink a beer. I'll drink a case. Until I'm hurting. I've lived a life that's straight. I never chose that old Hershey Highway. And more, much more than this, Joe, I did it Ordway. Donuts, I've had a few. But then again, too few to mention. You ate all that free food, then passed it through without exemption. I fired each farting host and I gave him shit along that byway. And more, Joe. At Shaw's, much more than this. You did it Ordway. Yes, there were times. I'm sure you knew. When I bit off all that I could chew. But whose it was, when there was doubt, that free food I'm talking about, you ate it up and you spit it out. I ate it all, and I wasn't tall. I did it hard way. I've loved, I've laughed and cried. I had my fill, my share of boozing. And now, as beers subside, I find it all so damn confusing to think you ate all that and may I say Joe not in a shy way big O oh no not me I did it Ord way for what is a man that's a girl with a penis who never gets beat Joe the ratings showed, despite Pete the Meat. He said the things that he truly feels and never missed all those free meals. The record shows true. I can't see my toes, because I did it hard way. Big finish. Big finish, Drew. I'm ready, Joe. You're gonna give me the last line of this thing? Take it away, big fella. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <coughs> Flimball. Here it is. Yes, it was Ordway. <laughs>